president's a weird job. How do you think, see, people say, I think the president might be crazy. Oh yeah, so? Well, what do you expect? Anybody who thinks they should be the president, there's your test right there. If you actually think for real in your head that you should be, the, you're out of your mind, you're crazy. I should be the president to me is like, I should be Thor. I think I would like to be Dr. Neil Clark Warren of eHarmony.com. That's what I want. You're out of your mind, okay? These are crazy ideas. Who should be the most powerful person in America? The commander in chief of the armed forces and leader of the free world. You know, I gotta say that sounds like me. It seems like something I would be good at. I can't think of anyone better than me to be in charge of absolutely everything because I'm insane, is the rest of that sentence, because I'm insane. The main purpose that I have in showing that is that I've always wanted to uh, have Jerry Seinfeld open for me. So, there you go. Check that off the bucket list. I can die now. Happy, happy person. To take that a step farther, or maybe about 10 or 100 steps farther, uh, as, as, as uh, crazy as it seems that somebody would wake up and go, you know what, I should be the leader of the free world, um, how much crazier is it for somebody to wake up and go, you know what, you know what's good for me, you know what I should be doing with my life, you know what my life mission and purpose should be, I should be the world dominator. I mean, that's what it used to be in the olden days, you know, in the good old days, you know, people, somebody would wake up and go, world domination, that's, that's my life purpose. And I am going to set out to rule the world. I mean, as, as, as much power as the president might have in the world, world domination is not their job description. And so when we look, take a look at the story of Daniel and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this is the guy that they're serving. This is the guy that they work for. This is the guy that they are respecting. Is the guy that woke up one morning and said, you know what I should do with my life? I should dominate and rule the world. That's who they're working for. And this is who God told them to serve. See, in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, God used Jeremiah to be the mouthpiece to, to tell his people, submit yourself to King Nebuchadnezzar and you will live. Serve him. And then two chapters later, God told Jeremiah to tell the people, hey, when you go to, 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 to Babylon, when you're exiled to Babylon, when you live in Babylon, don't bunker in. Don't create your religious circles. Don't rail against the culture. Buy houses. Find spouses. Have kids. Find spouses for those kids. And, 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 and seek the welfare of the community. This was blasphemous. Except for the fact that it came from God. And this series is about, this series is about serving the king of kings, but yet still living in this, on this earth. 
And see, today, what we're going to take a look at, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 2. We'll throw the Scriptures on the screen that that I'm going to focus in on. The whole chapter is our focus, but but I'm going to throw the Scriptures on the screen that I'm going to focus in on. Uh, They're all in the Bible app as well. We have a reading plan surrounding the themes of today uh, for every weekday of this week that you can come back to. You have to save the event in the Bible app to be able to come back to it. Um, uh, uh, But it'll be on Facebook as well. Uh, uh, Or... Open up to Daniel chapter 2 in your hardbound Bible and follow along. But what we're going to take a look at today is that God's position is eternal. God's position is eternal. And everybody else's is temporary. Everybody else's is temporary. And so how does that impact us? I mean, theologically, we can go, God's position is eternal. Great. Thank you for coming to church today. Let's go home. Jared, no, that's not what I'm doing. I have something more to say than that, all right? And so we're going to take a look at the story in, in, in Daniel chapter 2 that might have not made the flannel board quite like some other stories in, 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 in Daniel did. But what happened in Daniel chapter 2 is that that King Nebuchadnezzar woke up uh, from a dream. And this dream just freaked him out. Just completely freaked him out. And so he he got all of his diviner, priest, medium, sorcerer, uh, what, what we consider in the New Testament to be wise men. He got them all around, or most of them, or, or, or some of them all around, and said, hey, I had this dream. It freaked me out. You tell me the interpretation of the dream. And, and, and all the mediums are sitting there going, kind of need to know the dream in order to, to tell you the interpretation. And King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar started to get a little hot underneath the collar, started to get a little bit upset and said, no. See, this freaked me out so bad I can't, I can't repeat the dream. So you're going to tell me the dream and the interpretation of the dream. And here's the response of the, the wise man. The Chaldeans answered the king, no one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great and powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any diviner, priest, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods whose dwelling is not with mortals. Uh, And and then the soundtrack rises because this is the foreshadow moment in the story. But the king gets so mad so mad. He's like, I make an offer that you cannot refuse. Here's the deal. You tell me the dream and the interpretation, and I will reward the person that does this handsomely. And if you don't, all of you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made the dung heap. This is where people will go to relieve themselves. It's your home. That's the offer I've got for you. And his wise men are like, you're absolutely insane. You're crazy. You're nuts. And next week we're going we're to see, this is, this is some, some of the, 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 you remember back in Sunday school, you know, the fiery furnace? Like, we gloss over these parts. Nebuchadnezzar was going to throw people into a furnace. And we use this as a kid's story. This dude's nuts. This dude's crazy. He is the leader of the world at this point in time. 
And so, the captain of the guard started rounding up all the wise men and all these people that acted and had the jobs of wise men in the Babylonian culture. And he got to Daniel and his three friends' house. Daniel wasn't in that original meeting. And Daniel's like, whoa, hold the phone. What's going on here? You're going to tear me what? Limb by limb. That sounds appealing. That's nice. Um, what's going on here? Daniel asked Ariok, chapter 2, verse 15, the king's officer, why is the decree from the, the king so harsh? And Ariok explained the situation to Daniel. So Daniel went and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Now, what does it take to get an audience with the leader of the free world? Quite literally, an act of Congress, right? What would it take to get audience with a world-dominating tyrant? But Daniel got immediate audience with Nebuchadnezzar. And what does that take, right? Trust? See... Daniel, when we read Daniel, we see five or six stories that's out of 60 years of the life of Daniel or of the, of the key ministry, the, the working time of Daniel. So we're seeing the sports center highlights of Daniel, right? We, we're not seeing behind the scenes, the, 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 the stuff that he did on a daily basis. See, Daniel served this guy. He earned this guy's trust. There's no doubt that he did not agree with Nebuchadnezzar. But he served him, he worked for him, he respected him, despite this. And God is trying to tell King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, anybody that would listen, that his position, God's position, Yahweh's position, is eternal. And that everybody else's position is temporary. And when we understand this, this allows us to be free to serve. We are free to serve when we understand that our position is temporary and everybody else's position is temporary. You got a crazy boss? You're free to serve him. Why? Because his position is temporary. You don't like the president? You're free to serve him. Why? His position is temporary. God's position is eternal. And He sets up kings and He removes kings. And this position is eternal and everybody else's is temporary, including yours and mine. And you know what happens when we think that our position is eternal? We begin to lash out when our position is threatened. This is what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing. He la he's lashing out. See, the dream that he had, we'll get to that in a minute, but the dream that he had is threatening his position. And he's freaked out by this. And he's beginning to lash out because his position is threatened. And look, we can look at the other person all we want to and go, oh yeah, that's why they're lashing out. Their position is threatened, but let's internalize this, right? I'm a soccer referee. Parents on the sidelines, little Johnny has missed a couple of passes, not having a great game, 
And so their position of I'm an awesome parent with an awesome kid as an awesome soccer player is pretty threatened right now. And I can't yell at this mom that I know is thinking little Johnny stinks right now. And so I can't yell at them. But by golly, I can sure yell at that referee, right? None of us have experienced this ever, right? Jared hasn't because he has no earthly idea what I'm talking about. But everybody else understands exactly what I'm talking about because we lash out when our position is threatened. And if we think that our position is eternal, there is a position to be threatened. But when we realize that our position is temporary, there's no position to be threatened because we serve the God that is eternal. And so we can serve anybody and everybody. And we don't have to worry about our position because God has that in His hands. And He will give us the position that He wants when He wants us to have it. And He'll give everybody else the position that He wants them to have when He wants them to have it. And so we can serve whomever, whenever, and we are free to serve them whenever we want to because our position is temporary and God's is eternal. And plus, on top of that, we have a God whose position is eternal who decides to serve everybody else with His eternal position. We keep reading. Uh, Let's not keep reading. Let's just keep going in the story. I lost my place and where I was at. So, this is what you get when you get a pastor that that doesn't go off of notes, right? So, he asks for more time. The king grants him more time. And he, he and his three buddies go and they start praying. And God reveals this dream uh, 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 of Nebuchadnezzar's in a dream of Daniel. And then Daniel goes back to the king and says this, Daniel answered the king, no wise man, medium, uh, we're in 2.27, no wise man, medium, divine or priest or astrologer is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. But there is a guide in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that come into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. The revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. God is using his eternal position. Yahweh is is using his eternal position to serve King Nebuchadnezzar. This world-dominating tyrant that was willing to tear limb from limb people in his own court. God is utilizing his eternal position to serve even this king. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, exactly. See, God was revealing something bigger that was at stake here. God was revealing that He was utilizing the next 700 years. This is happening in in, in 700 B.C. He's utilizing the next 700 years of world history in order to make the time just right for His Son to come to this earth and then for the church to expand the message of the Gospel. Do you think God has patience? He has patience. He's utilizing 700 years and kingdoms of the world in order to make the the, the world conditions just 
perfect for His Son to come and so that the Gospel will be advanced quickly. That's crazy. Right? I mean, talk about strategy, right? If you can figure out how to strategize the next seven, seven days, you're like, yeah, try strategizing the next 700 years. You got it planned out to, 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 to 2,700? You got that planned out? Got that stra- strategic plan planned out? God does. And he's letting King Nebuchadnezzar know your position is temporary. And what we find out as we look ahead in the next couple of weeks, we find out that God is in an all-out pursuit for Nebuchadnezzar's heart. All-out pursuit. But another thing that he's doing is this. Think about this. We're talking about one guy, or four guys total, in a land that is thousands of miles away from Israel. Four guys serving a a crazy, world-dominating tyrant. Thousands of miles away from his home country and his hometown. This story should never have made the Bible. The religious, the religious who are putting the Bible together together to begin with would never like this story. Somebody serving a crazy, evil, world-dominating tyrant, that's not going in the Bible. And then to boot, it's just four guys thousands of miles away from the, from the place that the Bible is putting together, being, being put together in the first place. This story should never be made, be put in the Bible. But it is. So what's God up to? He is teaching His people how to be servants of the King of Kings all the while living in a foreign land. As soon as we become servants of the King of Kings, we are living in a foreign land. The United States is not your final destination, folks. So if we worship the United States of America, we're going to wear that on our sleeve, but we're missing out on serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the only one that has an eternal position. It doesn't matter who's president. Newsflash. They're temporary. The good news about our country, we don't have to kill them in order to get a new one. Just wait four years. But Daniel's deciding to serve. Serve this king. And God is serving this king as well because there is a greater thing at play here. See, the vision is this, the dream is this, is that there's a statue. And there's five different materials in this statue. Uh, the head is of gold, and then it moves down to this, uh, uh, silver, and then it moves down, the legs are of bronze, and then the bottom part is of, of iron, uh, iron, and, and the, the, the feet and the toes are a mix of iron and clay. And there's going to be ten kingdoms of this kingdom, and, 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 and this is going to be a kingdom based on marriage. It's going to be interrelated, uh, and it's based on marriage. You're like, okay, what's, what's all that? That's the Greco-Roman kingdom. 
If you don't remember this from world religion, maybe Shakespeare will help. A tu brute? Huh? God predicted the next 700 years of kingdoms accurately and then says that there's going to be this boulder, this rock that's going to come and smash it all. And what is said about this is that in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it, it will itself endure forever. He is utilizing the next five kingdoms in order to make the situation right for his king to come to this earth and prove that he is the king of kings forever. And, and, and when the disciples, um, after the resurrection, when the disciples are like, oh, I get it, Jesus, I get it. Now is when you're going to establish your kingdom. Now is when the boulder is going to come down and smash the Greco-Roman kingdom, right? And Jesus is like, no. No, you still, you still, you still, you still don't get it. Now, now you are going to go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth preaching the gospel. What is he saying? You serve the King of Kings. I am the King of Kings. And yes, one day, one day, I will get rid of all of this and create a new heaven and a new earth and I'll be King of Kings forever. But you serve the King of Kings, but you're going to go out into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth in these foreign countries, in these foreign lands, in these foreign kingdoms, and you're going to preach the good news of the gospel that I have come to save. And that I, as the eternal king, utilize my position not to demand service, but to serve and to die. To let everybody the possibility to be ushered into my kingdom because they trust in me as their Savior. We can serve whomever, whenever, because God served whomever, whenever. We love to think that God served us, right? But not those people that we don't agree with. Newsflash, God does not agree with any of us in any of our lifestyles, but He died for us anyway. That is called grace. That is mercy. And if we do not believe that, we do not believe in grace and mercy. Flat out. Period. It's impossible. We might struggle with it. It's a tension and we're trying to figure this out as we go. Absolutely. But if we think God can save us and serve us, then we've got to think that God can save and serve everybody else as well. And that's what Daniel did. See, we can't have it both ways. We can't lift up Daniel as this amazing hero of faith and then say, this person over there we can't serve. Daniel served a crazy, lunatic, world-dominating tyrant. So, who can't we serve again? Who? And God is our example. So unity isn't demanding somebody to be like us, and this is the idol that we have in America today. Inside church, outside church, isn't demanding that we be, everybody be like us. Unity is deciding to serve other people because they are not like us. Let me take the band for example. When somebody gets off, when somebody gets off, 
however Jack looks as he's drumming, but you know, when somebody gets off and Jack's going and Jack's going and somebody gets off, he doesn't go, dang it! I quit! What? Unity is saying, okay, we got off, so what? I adjust. That's unity. That's service. That's the gospel way. If you haven't bowed your knee to the King of kings and Lord of lords, this is the God who decided to serve you with His eternal position. And I invite you to commit your life to Him and say, I want Him as my King of kings and my Lord of lords. I don't have it figured out, but I know enough to know that He will forgive me and He will save me and then we'll figure out the rest later. Newsflash, I'm figuring out the rest later and all of the rest of us are figuring out the rest later. All right? Exactly where we're at today. And if you've bowed your knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, this is the one that we serve day in and day out. And this is why we can have as our mantra, we are here to serve. Period. End of sentence. End of statement. End of phrase. Because Jesus Himself said, I am here to serve. Period. End of statement. End of phrase. And as we worship this King of Kings and this Lord of Lords, we remember that our position is temporary. And you know what? When we realize that our position is temporary, pressure off, man. Pressure is completely off. We don't lash out because there's no pressure to lash out and release. And I've gotten this wrong. It's something I'm figuring out daily. And God has kind of run me through the ringer of this lately. And He's patient with us to allow us to figure this stuff out and to hear and follow Him and allow Him to continue to lead us. And so if you need to find this King of Kings, if you need to bow to this King of Kings for the first time, I'm going to be kind of back here and there will be other people around to, 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 to serve you in prayer and talking with you. Otherwise, worship this King of Kings who decided instead of going, well, they're on their own, they, He decided I am going to serve them so that they will never be without Me. That's the King of Kings that we serve and that we worship. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for I thank you for serving us. I thank you for allowing us to come together and worship you as King of Kings. I just pray, Lord, that um, our hearts will bow this morning. That every single one of us. None of us are perfect. None of us got this figured out. None of us have, has a corner of the market. But, 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 but allow us to re recognize where we are fallen short and recognize where you are leading us and recognize that we will never get anywhere without following you and help us to hold our position with an open hand. Now you're the only one eternal. And if we worship you and we recognize this, man, we can serve anybody Anytime, anywhere. We thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.